Hello and welcome to Competent Biblical Counseling. My name is Dr. Dave Jones and I'll be hosting this first episode in what uh, will be the beginning of a series of episodes pertaining to biblical counseling. This particular episode is an introduction to discipleship and counseling. It lays the groundwork for what counseling is, what the proper motivation for counseling is, and how the Bible would guide us in thinking about counseling. The episode emphasizes that every Christian is called to be involved in the counseling process, that counseling does not need to be a formalized or professionalized field, and that counseling within the church is basically the same thing as discipleship. Each session is designed to help you think through these important concepts and apply them to your life and ministry. To that end, let's get started. It all started back in 1966. I was 17 years old, just graduated from high school, and I enlisted in the United States Navy. Not knowing what was going on, I spent three years playing saxophone in the Navy band. Upon completing my enlistment, I got married, moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and became a college student also. I became a civilian. So after three years of active duty service, I'm now a married man with a wife, obviously. I'm living in a different state. Having been raised in Florida, I didn't know too much about South Carolina, but the college that I went to, uh, the Citadel, was in Charleston, South Carolina. So that was the reason for that. So now I'm a student trying to understand what civilian life, student life, and married life was all about. I got through that, no problem. Just day by day, just did what I was supposed to do and and was very happy with the results. Then after graduating from college, I went back to Florida and became involved with the banking career. My wife gave birth to our first child, a little boy. Now I've got another responsibility that I've never had before, and that's I'm now a father. So what does that mean? How am I supposed to be a father? And I'm just trying to learn how to be a student, how to be a civilian, how to be a married man. Just another area of anxiety. So over a period of time, things got steadily worse. And I was come to realize that I was being diagnosed with PTSD, moving from the military world to the civilian world with such incredible, in my mind, responsibilities of husband, student, provider, all the above. And sometimes the things that got me through those difficult times were the fact that while I was raised in the church, I was raised as an independent Baptist, and we were always told as I was growing up that if you have any problems in your life, you do not need psychology. You do not need psychiatry. You just need the Bible. You need God's Word to help you get through those difficult times. And that was good. So I was having some difficulties. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go to the Bible. I'm going to find out what I need to do in order to get over these insecurities and all of these anxieties. So I started reading the Bible. I didn't know where to start. And I thought that was kind of strange. I should know where to start, having been in the Bible for so many years. 
but I just couldn't get a handle on what I was supposed to do. I started praying a lot, and I didn't seem to feel that my prayers were what they should be, and maybe God just wasn't listening to my prayers. I don't know. I was all mixed up. So I went to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I'm having some problems with understanding how I'm supposed to live my life, what I'm supposed to do. My thoughts are controlling me, and I can't seem to control them, and I need some help. Now, gather this. I am concerned and committed to the fact that my pastor is going to be able to help me. He looks at me and says, well, let's pray about it. To which I thought, okay, this is the beginning of what he's going to tell me I've got to do. And we prayed about it. And then when we got finished, he says, okay, just continue praying about it and uh, you'll get your answer. And I said, answer to what? He said, well, you know, answer to all the problems that you're having. I said, praying is going to do that? He says, yes. I said, okay. So I left with this newfound enthusiasm. Finally, I've got an answer. I'm just going to pray. All I'm going to do is just pray, pray, and pray, and pray. Well, I did that as much as I could, and as long as I could, and as earnestly as I could, I prayed. A couple of weeks passed. I'm still not getting any better. I'm having scary thoughts. I'm having very negative thoughts. I'm hallucinating. I'm imagining things. So I thought, well, the head of the deacon board of our church might be somebody that I could talk to. So I made an appointment with him. We met, and he said, well, Dave, let's pray about it. And I thought, well, okay, here we go. Maybe his prayers are better than mine and the pastor's. Hey, it's worth the shot. So we prayed about it, and I said, thanks for your time. And he said, okay, he says, let me know if I can help you for in, the, in the future. I said, okay. Now I really don't know what's going on. All we're doing is praying. All people think I have to do is pray, and that's it. Well, how come I'm not getting any better? At the same time, I'm arguing with myself that I don't want to go see a psychologist because my pastors have always told me that I don't need psychologists. I don't need psychiatrists. I don't need other counselors. I just need the Bible. Okay. So then the next step was I went to my dad. Dad. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, what's up? I'm having some problems with my thoughts. And he looked at me and he says, well, I don't know what to tell you to do. I have a problem with mine too. So I thought, well, this is going nowhere. So, so the process goes on. I struggle and I struggle. And I'm really arguing with myself. And I really want to be a good husband. And I really want to be a good person. But I am scared to death about where this is all leading to. So I went to the library, and I'm looking at self-help books, and I'm looking at these kind of books, and motivation books, and controlling thought books, and I found a, a category of books, Tony Robbins. Some of you might know what and who Tony Robbins is, a very, very good motivator. But Tony Robbins' presentation style is more than I can appreciate, especially at this particular time. I found that Tony was talking faster than I could listen I would take the, back then we had cassettes and I would take my cassette and I would put it in my player and listen to him. And then I would have to stop every 10 or 15 seconds and rewind it to understand now, what did he just say? Because he was going so fast. I got no hope. In fact, I became more concerned about my situation because I wasn't 
grasping Tony's recommendations and thoughts as quickly as I should. So I gave in and I went to a Christian counselor. And I, because I was desperate, I was just, I thought, well, this Christian counselor is not going to harm me. And maybe this Christian counselor has more training than my pastors or the deacon or my dad did. So I went to the Christian counselor and I walked into her office before she came into the office. And I'm looking at her bookshelves and I'm looking at the kind of books on her shelf. And I didn't see anything that had to do with Christian counseling at all. There was all kinds of books on psychology and psychiatry and behavior modification and Freud and Rogers and all these kind of people. No Bible. In fact, I looked on her desk. No Bible. So I thought, all right, maybe she has it with her. She walked into the office and she sat down. She said, what can I help you with? And I said, well, I'm struggling with my thoughts. So she said, what kind of thoughts? So we have a discussion. I tell her what kind of thoughts I'm having. I'm having the what if kind of thoughts. What if I'm driving down the street and I have a tire that blows out and I crash into a tree and I die? What if? What if? Those kind of things are really scary after a while, especially when that's all you think about all day long, the what ifs. And so finally she gave me some very generalized advice. She says, just stop thinking that way. Oh, so that's all it is. It's that easy. Just stop thinking about that. Well, you know what, lady? I've been trying this for almost a year, and I can't stop them. How do I stop them? And from that point on, I didn't understand anything she was saying after that because now she was getting into theories and, and, and treatises and concepts and philosophies that I just had no interest in at all. And so when I left, I had no hope. And then for the first time, I had the lowest point of my life when a thought came into my mind and my existence, what if I'm having a nervous breakdown? And if I'm not having one now, will I have one in the future? And what does that mean? Does that mean I have to go on some psychedelic drugs, tranquilizers, or whatever medication, and I'm, I'm really losing control of my... You can see where I'm headed you can see just how desperate I was to get a solution to my problem. My wife and I were in Jacksonville visiting. One weekend, we went to a church in Jacksonville that uh, our friends that we knew at the time attended, and so we went. And at the end of the morning service, the pastor got up and he says, anybody have any problems with their thoughts? And I thought, oh, this is interesting. He says, tonight... At 6 o'clock before the evening service, one of our associate pastors is going to have a counseling training session about how you can control your thoughts and think God thoughts and stop thinking the thoughts that Satan would have you entertain. Well, I was there, front row seat, and I listened to <clears throat> Pastor Keith Wiebe, who stood up and explained to us exactly what it means to use biblical counseling in your everyday life. He identified a passage of Scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. He says, I want everybody to look at this series of Scriptures and understand that these are not suggestions. These are commands. Rejoice in the Lord always and again rejoice. That's not a suggestion. That's 
a command. Look at it as a command. And then he goes on and he further explains all the dynamics of the verses to follow. And the thing that made the sense, the most sense, is it was at the very end of verse 8, where there were four words that he, he emphasized, where Paul says, think on these things. He says, think about that. Think about those things that Paul just mentioned in this verse. Those things are lovely, kind, pure, good report, virtue, praise. Think on these things. And that kind of caused me just to stop for a minute and thought, whoa, that's not a conditional statement. That's not a suggestion. That's not something that you do on Thursday only. No, all day long, think on these things. So I started applying scripture to my life. And you know what? It took about two, three months, and it finally hit me. I remember driving down Phillips Highway in front of the Phillips Mall in Jacksonville, Florida one day, and it just hit me. It came to me. God spoke to me and said, think on these things now. Now. And so I started doing that. And after a while, I started really getting better. Every time I had a negative thought, I thought, nope, that's not what I'm supposed to be thinking about. I'm supposed to be thinking about the opposite. What we call the, right now we call it the replacement dynamic. You have this thought, you replace it with something else totally opposite. And you do that over and over and over. I got to the point of carrying around index cards in my pocket. And every time I had a negative thought, I'd pull out these index cards and read those index cards, not silently, but I read them to myself out loud. And it really started making a difference. Then one day, after getting a lot of success and getting a lot of excitement about that, I thought, boy, I would like to help other people do the same thing. Because we've got situations where we have people going to psychologists and psychiatrists with spiritual problems and being addressed with secular solutions. We need to change that in the church. After all, I come to realize that a lot of the pastors in churches nowadays are not trained in counseling when they're in their seminaries and Bible schools and Bible colleges. So there was a Southern Baptist seminary downtown Jacksonville, Luther Rice Theological Seminary, that I went to the Dean and I said, gave him a whole background of what I just struggled with. And I felt that God had led me to understand how to apply scripture to my life with respect to the various issues that I was struggling with. And he looked at me and he said, that's a great idea. He says, we should have something like that. We don't have any counseling program, he said. And I said, wow, I said, that's a real shame. He says, yes, it is. He says, but I tell you what, maybe we should have one. Why don't we develop a counseling program, a biblical counseling program, and uh, you can help us by being the first one to to go through it, and we'll just design the the program around what your experiences have been in the program. I said, great. To make a long story short, I received a master's in theology and pastoral counseling. Now I'm ready to go. I thought, man, I got all this knowledge. I'm 25, 26 years old, and... I'm going to set the world on fire for Christ. <laughs> One of the first counselings I had was a husband and wife. The husband was a dentist. They called and they were having some issues in their marriage. They wanted me to 
give them some guidance with respect to how they can be better be a better husband and be a better wife. So I remember sitting with them, listening to them, and realizing I'm 26 years old. I've been married five years. What do I know about marriage? And it was just it was just something that didn't sit well with me. I thought, you know what, I need to get some more experience with this. So over the next few years, I did just that. Oh yeah, I continued doing some counseling. But I was also very concerned with the fact that I'm not ready to do the kind of counseling that I think that I need to do. I'm getting ahead of God's schedule. I need to get some experience. I need to get some better understanding, especially when it comes to biblical counseling. But you know what? There was very little literature or studies or things to utilize in finding more information about biblical counseling. Oh yeah, there was a lot of stuff about Christian counseling. I would go on and I would look to see what the literature was and I would go to various Christian counseling centers and interview people and ask them what kind of uh, life is it as being a Christian counselor because biblical counseling just wasn't something that was that popular or aware of. And I realized that a lot of the people who were Christian counselors were in fact Christians. But if you look at the biography, their backgrounds were very secular in their training and in their education and in their experience. Very, very secular. And a lot of pastors were referring their counselees to these Christian counseling centers because of the obvious. They're Christian. There was an assumption that the theories and the uh, programs that were offered to counselees were, in fact, Christian. But they're not. A lot of them are not. There are a lot of crazy philosophies and theories and concepts that some of these Christian counselors are taking upon themselves to utilize in their counseling, to which I thought, well, I thought the Bible didn't need anything more to support it. And I thought, well, maybe... These people know more about how to counsel rather than what the Bible knows. Maybe, you see, it all, it, it's all maybes. And we're trying to justify the utilization and the acceptance of Christian counseling over biblical counseling. What's nice about biblical counseling, I came to realize, is that I'm never wrong. I, I identify Scripture. And I tell people, this is what the Bible says that you must do. And if people say, well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with what you say. Well, you know what? It's not me. It's what the Bible says. And you can either use it or you cannot use it. Then I come to realize, too, that there are many, many people, unfortunately, in our pews that are hurting. They come to church hoping and expecting to get some kind of hope to help them get through the difficulty of what they're going through. And then we have also other people in the pews who just want to help people. They want to be of service to people. They want to use their spiritual gifts to counsel other people, but they're afraid of what to say. They haven't been trained. They think that they need to get some kind of extensive training in order to be a counselor. So biblical counseling gives us the opportunity to be the counselors that God wants us to be. If you look at Romans chapter 15, it says in there very succinctly, Paul does, that we are competent to counsel one another. So why don't we do that? That's what these episodes are all about. 
One of the most fascinating tools that you can use as a biblical counselor is to teach people how to identify scripture that's pertaining to the problems that they're having and help them to build that scripture into their lives. How to take that same scripture and pray it back to God by saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is what your word says I should do, and I'm going to do that. Also, there's a new concept with respect to music. A lot of people look at music therapy as a tool with respect to motivating people to to change their life structure. And I find out what's interesting about music is if you take Christian music and identify the message of the music, identify the message of the song, and pray that same verse or that same concept back to God, it has a very relaxing, emotionally stimulating um, result of what it is you're trying to accomplish. So those are the things that you can do with respect to biblical counseling, um, and it's something that we would love to help you to feel comfortable in doing. And so stay tuned for the next episode of Competent Biblical Counseling.